April 2021, customs officers in the Saudi city of Jeddah searched a shipment of Lebanese pomegranates. Hidden inside the fruits were more than 5 million circular beige captagon pills, illegal amphetamines. It was the latest in a long line of interceptions in recent years that have seen officers in the kingdom stop millions of pills and tons of drugs being smuggled in. But for Saudi Arabia, it was the final straw. The kingdom announced a ban on imported fruits and vegetables from Lebanon, dealing a devastating blow to farmers already suffering through the country's economic collapse and sending a shockwave through the region. Over the last decade, Captagon has spread across the Middle East to become one of the most consumed narcotics. It gained infamy and near-mythical status in the early years of the Syrian war as the drug of militants like ISIS. Fighters popped pills on the battlefields for seemingly superhuman strengths as it fueled them to fight for days without sleep or food. The group took over swathes of Syria and Iraq in 2013 and 2014 and eventually ruled an area the size of the UK. But far from the battlefields, Captagon also found favour. Today, experts and officials say that Captagon has become the most popular recreational drug in the Arabian Peninsula. This is Beyond the Headlines. I'm James Haynes-Young. And this week, we're delving into a major investigation by the National into the Middle East's Captagon crisis. Our reporters in six countries spent months tracing the drug from Syrian producers to Lebanese smugglers to Saudi and UAE inspections officials. They unraveled a game of cat and mouse that is causing untold harm to thousands across the region as it enriches warlords and gunmen. We unearthed some of the most creative ways that traffickers are using to get drugs across the borders, from hidden compartments to Bedouin herders, even as the COVID pandemic closed borders. We'll go inside Saudi Arabia's crackdown on Captagon smuggling and find out how customs officers in Dubai are able to intercept drug shipments using state-of-the-art technology. And we'll speak to the experts trying to make sense of the scale of the Captagon trade in the Middle East where data is hard to come by, and even talking about addiction is often taboo. But first, be sure to subscribe to Beyond the Headlines in your podcast app to get all the latest episodes. And head to thenationalnews.com to read the full series on Captagon. First, what is Captagon and what does it do? Well, Captagon has been around for years, it's the brand name for the drug fentanyl that was first created in 1961 as an alternative to amphetamine and methamphetamines. It was used to treat attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or ADHD, and less commonly, depression. But it was never given regulatory approval by the US Food and Drug Administration, and in 1981 it was declared a controlled substance after the medical community determined that it was highly addictive and that this outweighed any clinical benefit. Manufacturing Captagon was outlawed almost everywhere by 1986, but illegal production continued. Today, most of the pills sold as Captagon across the region have little in common with those tablets produced in the 1960s. 
though stamped with the Captagon logo, two arc-like Cs reminiscent of the yin and yang, the mostly white or yellow-brown counterfeit pills are much less likely to contain phenethylene, the chemical first used in the original tablets. They are most likely to be a mix of easier-to-cook up amphetamines, bulked out with additives like caffeine, quinine and paracetamol. The result is a small, cheap-to-produce pill that gives a feeling of euphoria. Amphetamines trigger the release of dopamine and adrenaline, which makes you feel good. But it also suppresses the appetite and feelings of pain. It boosts alertness and physical performance. Laurent Laniel is a scientific analyst at the European Monitoring Centre for Drugs and Drug Addiction. He describes how Captagon went from being banned by the United Nations to being produced illegally in the Middle East. So after that happened, uh, there were still stocks of phenethylene that existed in the world, in pharmaceutical companies, uh, mainly in Europe. And so these stocks were either destroyed or some of them were kept in small numbers and some of those that were kept were diverted uh, towards the illicit market, which continued to provide uh, phenethylene in Captagon tablets to uh, some markets, especially in the Middle East. When the stocks of phenethylene uh, ran out, when there was no longer this original substance that made up the Captagon uh, medicine, people started using another drug called amphetamine, amphetamine sulfate, which they put in pills which they shaped in the form of the original Captagon pills with two half moons. And the name survived. Criminal gangs from Bulgaria and Turkey helped introduce Captagon to the Middle East, where production has flourished in territory beyond the control of fragile states like Syria and Lebanon. Leniel describes how the production moved from Bulgaria after it joined the European Union. Initially, this illicit manufacture of amphetamine and tableting of fake Captagon pills for trafficking towards uh, the Arabian Peninsula was in the hands of people in Bulgaria, of criminals, organized criminals in Bulgaria and in Turkey, who were the masters of this trade. Um, so pills, amphetamine manufactured in Bulgaria and Turkey was tableted in Bulgaria and Turkey and then uh, driven or flown or shipped towards uh, the Arabian Peninsula in a variety of ways, uh, the usual trafficking uh, routes. And then after, when essentially Bulgaria uh, joined the European Union and Turkey was admitted as a candidate, also a country to, to the European Union, there was a big police operations in both Turkey and Bulgaria, which essentially uh, cracked down very hard on the Captagon trade. They destroyed several labs. Um, and that made it difficult for the criminals to continue their activity in those uh, countries. So what seems to have happened is a displacement of Captagon manufacturing towards countries in the Middle East or in the Levant. Captagon is a highly addictive amphetamine. While some users report feelings of invincibility whilst using Captagon, in actual fact, its effects are mostly mild, comparable maybe to a coffee. But Laniel says long-term use has a major toll on your health and serious side effects come with prolonged use. If you use a lot every day, then it creates, it increases your blood pressure, your heart rate. So after a long, more or less long time, you may have heart problems. Uh, you will have also mental problems, 
difficulties in concentrating and then in uh, connecting to reality. You will have uh, problems with your teeth probably because you will you're always tense and you always you know uh, clench your jaws. So that would be uh, uh, also a side effect. Paranoia is a quite famous uh, side effect of stimulant use, in particular uh, amphetamine, but also cocaine, for example, or methamphetamine. People being obsessed, becoming obsessed with repeating the same action again and again. Long-term amphetamine users can suffer from a range of side effects, including confusion, hallucinations, nausea, vomiting, seizures, high blood pressure, heart palpitations, vertigo, breathing difficulties, muscle and joint pain, mood swings, confusion, feelings of irritability, and even anger. When users try to quit Captagon, they encounter strong withdrawal symptoms, including chronic fatigue that can cause them to seek the drug out again. Treatment for Captagon addiction usually includes psychotherapies, as well as exercise and diet programs. For Dr. Thomas Peachman, a senior drug research officer at the UN Office on Drugs and Crime, one of the things that makes Captagon so dangerous is that users can never be certain quite how much of the amphetamines is contained in each pill. For a long time, Captagon was not really taken seriously. Yeah, It's a small tablet. It is Normally, if, if you take uh, small tablets, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, you take a coffee. So this was seen something like this. The problem is you have amphetamine inside. And amphetamine, you take it in long, larger quantities, it really can be dangerous. Just because the tablet itself may not be as dangerous as other drugs, it really is dangerous. And very often people don't see it. And people have also for a long time had the idea, oh, this is a tablet, so it's kind of medicine. Uh, it's it, it kind of a pharmaceutical product. It must be good. It is not. It is mixed with all kinds of substances. So when you, when you use it, you don't know what is inside. It is mixed with all kinds of stuff. And, and sometimes there's very little inside, and then people take more. And next time they think, oh, I have to take more, they take it, and you get an overdose. For at least the last decade, Captagon has been closely tied to the Syrian war. Fighters from factions across the country, including ISIS, were found to be using the drug. But in the lawlessness of the civil war, profiteers and traffickers set up labs to churn out thousands of pills a day to be smuggled out and sold to raise cash to fuel the fighting. Syrian media estimates that the annual Captagon trade, hundreds of millions of pills a year, is worth about $16 billion. That's a figure that rivals the size of the entire Syrian economy. It risks turning the fragile country into a narco-state controlled by powerful drug traffickers. But the National has uncovered that the shifting battlefields and the rise and fall of factions has been bad for business in Syria. And, as such, production of Captagon has spread far beyond the country's borders. High levels of production are now taking place inside Lebanon and Jordan. The National's Beirut correspondents Gareth Brown and Mahmoud Rida tracked down Captagon traffickers hiding out in Lebanon's lawless Bekar Valley, a rugged mountainous region beyond the reach of the state, which has a long history of drug production. So the journey started with um, a guy that I know before that he is in contact with a lot of uh, people in the drug scene in Lebanon, whether with cocaine, with hashish. He actually helped me uh, last year to do a documentary. 
So I hit him up and I asked him if he knows anything about Captagon. And he said, yes, he's connected to some of the most uh, active smugglers in the Bikaa Valley. So the journey started because it's very, it's very dangerous to go to that area. So he actually made uh, his wife, his kids, his two, uh, two kids and uh, his niece to go with us. So there, were, there was four kids in the car and his wife, himself and uh, myself and uh, my colleague. Um, just to make a camouflage kind of thing to, to be able to get there without being noticed. So we arrived to the Bikaa Valley and, uh, and we wait in like, a, in like a trap house, I think. It's like a small trap house in the middle of, of nowhere. He went inside, he started picking up some captagon. And then he said, we cannot film here. We need to go film somewhere else. And the plan was to cover our heads so we don't know the way. We don't, you know, we don't see where we're going. But then the fixer was able to convince the smuggler that, you know, we're good. We're not going to, you know, we're not, we're not like intelligence or something. So we reached this suburb house with a lot of men holding weapons inside and all over the, uh, around the place. Remember that shipment of drugs seized in Jeddah in April 2021 that led the Saudi authorities to ban imports of Lebanese produce? Well, that has had an impact on the Captagon traffickers. They, uh, they said that they used to uh, have a lot of machines uh, producing every day millions uh, of pills of Captagon. But now, because the government was uh, pushing hard on them, doing a lot of arrests, so they had to stop uh, producing and actually hide the machines for a little bit. So we get, we get there and it was very obvious that they were all nervous. Um, they all carried their guns, start circling around us, uh, trying to, you know, uh, intimidate us in a way, show us that, you know, they're not to be uh, taken as fools. Uh, they started telling us stories about how the information office here arrested uh, big captagon smugglers uh, a, a captagon uh, smuggling group using the same uh, excuse that they were journalists and they were interested in doing a, a report about them. That said, though, Lebanon has a problem with lawlessness. There are tens of thousands of outstanding arrest warrants just for the Bekaa Valley region alone. There are towns in the area where the Lebanese military don't go without being shot at. For years, there have been smuggling between Syria and Lebanon but there's also hash and marijuana production and other illicit trades. What I felt from honestly being there that these guys, they are not undercover. Like, everybody knows them. With drug traffickers determined to keep producing Captagon to supply the established markets in the Gulf countries, as well as emerging markets like Egypt, Iraq and Jordan, customs agencies across the region are trying to crack down. This lucrative trade has created a high-stakes game between the smugglers and the customs officials, with the authorities always on the lookout for innovative smuggling methods. Customs officials that we spoke to across the Middle East describe pills being hidden in everything, from CD cases to cooking pots to socks to prosthetic limbs to radios and even the Quran. 
Saudi Arabia's authorities say that they are now intercepting more captagon than any other drug. In 2019, the kingdom seized 146 million amphetamine tablets alone. We stop attempts to smuggle quantities of all sorts of drugs, but the majority are captagon. That's Abdul Malik Al Abaid, the security advisor to the General Authority of Zakat and Tax in Saudi Arabia. The weirdest smuggling method ever caught was an attempt to smuggle 15 million captagon pills using grapes. Belkis Basalam, the national's Saudi Arabia correspondent, met with customs officials and health officials to see how the government is responding to the wave of captagon. So Saudi authorities are really like trying their best to crack down against captagon because it's the most seized drug in the kingdom. And whether it's from Lebanon or from any other destination, they're doing whatever they can and utilizing all their efforts to stop it, whether using X-ray, canine units, uh, like collaborating between different parties, the police, the customs, uh, the Ministry of Commerce, all of them are coming together to work against the fight of Captagon. And they're having very strict punishments and strict laws against anyone who's using it or dealing Captagon. She also spoke to doctors and those trying to recover from the impacts of Captagon addiction. So I've talked with the doctor who's leading the Committee Against Narcotics in Saudi, and he mentioned that they're working hard on raising awareness among families themselves to be able to notice any signs of drug abuse, specifically Captagon. And he, he mentioned that to, in order to fight against the Captagon, it needs to start at the family level, not only from the governmental perspective or from the laws and punishment. No, families need to come together and notice if their, if their children or young adults are dealing Captagon. Because usually the person who deals Captagon, they do it in their 20s or even earlier. Uh, and most of those admitted in the hospitals are, are from, a, from a young generation. So I talked to an extra addict. Uh, he stopped using about one or two years ago. Uh, the first time he tried Captagon, he was actually uh, around 14 years old. And he would take one every few days with his friends, uh, at, with his friends sometimes while working. And he explained, for example, that there's different kinds of Captagon. The most expensive one or the best quality, it's actually called Lexus, while the other ones, they don't have names. Uh, and the prices can go up to 120 Saudi riyal for, for one Captagon bill. And he reflected that the reason why he decided to stop because he had seen the effect of Captagon on the people around him on the effect of addiction, for example, how their facial changes, how there's facial changes on their face, how they became very aggressive sometimes. So that's why he decided to stop. Dr. Faisal Albashi is the head of Treatment and Rehabilitation Committee at the National Committee for Anti-Narcotics in Saudi Arabia. He laid out the impact that amphetamines are having on the country. 
amphetamine like uh, other substances if one abuse these substances and if he will quit the abuse some of the effects can continue for years. He also explained that as well as the work of customs officers in stopping the drugs getting inked in the kingdom in the first place, there also has to be good treatment for those who become addicted. In general, addiction is one of the disorders. So we call the addiction is like a common disorder. So like any disorders, we need to uh, provide good prevention system even and also with, with good treatment uh, system. One of the main strategies is just to concentrate on the role of the family. And Saudi Arabia is not alone in the fight against the flow of drugs towards the Gulf. Dubai's customs officers are the last line of defence against drug smugglers, seeking to get their wares into the Emirates and potentially on from there across the GCC. Dubai Customs prevented 398 attempts to smuggle drugs into the city in just the first three months of 2021. The largest drug bust was a shipment of nearly 3 million Captagon pills concealed inside a container of spare vehicle parts at Jebel Ali port. We have a specific machine that will be able to detect narcotics, even to the most uh, smallest amount. It'll be able to uh, detect any, any illicit drugs within the container. That's Abdul Hakim Khalid bin Dasmal, a Dubai Customs Inspections Officer at Jabal Ali Port. For a specific in the Keptagon case, they were uh, smuggled in engines, and it was very difficult as well for the dogs. But eventually, the canine dogs um, uh, detected the drugs, and the specialist units dismantled the engines of which the, uh, the drugs were smuggled in, and uh, we were able to uh, seize the three million Keptagon pills. This year and last year, we've seen a uh, large amount of Keptagon pills um, hidden in engines and hidden in spare parts. One of the challenges in fighting back against the rise of Captagon has been the relatively little data that is available on the scale of the Middle East's Captagon problem. The region accounted for half of all global amphetamine seizures in 2019, according to the UN Office on Drugs and Crimes World Drug Report in 2021. But officials also warned us that while we might be seeing record busts, it's likely just the tip of the iceberg. It is clear, though, according to the UN's Dr. Peachman, that consumption has risen in the last decade. What you can clearly see is that the, the seizures over the last 10 years in Captagon have clearly increased. So there's no, no question about it. And, as, and if we just look at the amphetamine figures as such, we see a clear increase over the last decade. And, and the near Middle East in this report so for 2019, accounted for almost half of all seizures worldwide, 49%. Yeah, uh, So it's really a lot. Second uh, comes Europe. But the clear number one is the near Middle East. There is where production is taking place, there's where trafficking is taking place, and there is where the consumption is taking place. But it remains difficult to know how widespread the use of drugs is in the Middle East. The main markets for Captagon are in the Gulf where it's popular as a recreational drug with young people, particularly in Saudi Arabia. In 2015, the Secretary-General of Saudi Arabia's National Committee of Narcotic Control said that the majority of the kingdom's drug addicts were between the ages of 12 and 22, with as many as 40% of those addicted to Captagon. Data on how widespread the use of Captagon is in the kingdom, though, remains scarce. 
it is known to be popular as a party drug and among students under pressure to perform academically. Saudi Arabia has so far reported the highest number of interceptions of incoming captagon pills, leading experts to believe that it's the Middle East's largest market for the drug. Despite a crackdown, smugglers are continuing to find ways to get large quantities of pills into the kingdom, and it's believed that only about 10% of the captagon shipments are intercepted at the country's borders. Laurent Laniel from the European Monitoring Centre for Drugs and Drug Addiction said the problem is researchers generally depend on governments for information on drugs, which in the socially conservative countries where Captagon is becoming popular and drug abuse is still a taboo, doesn't always give us a complete picture. So much of our understanding in the region, therefore, comes from how many pills are intercepted. The information on, on Captagon use in the Middle East in general so uh, from uh, the Turkish border downwards, is not very uh, plentiful and not very precise. Given the fact that penalties for uh, trafficking drugs uh, into Saudi are extremely severe, I deduct that if, a lot, uh, that if people take a big risk of trying to smuggle drugs into that country, there must be a user base there. Uh, and given the quantity seized, uh, it must be quite big, but that's deduction from law enforcement data from drug seizures. Uh, this is not the same as reports from uh, hospitals, treatment clinics that would uh, follow the number of users that they treat every month or every year, reports from hospital telling you how many people they've seen with paranoia crisis because they admitted to taking too much captagon, um, or uh, treatment centers where uh, people presenting for treatment would fill in a questionnaire explaining uh, what they use, how they use it, when, how frequent, etc. All I see, maybe I'm not looking in the right direction, but I'm a specialist, so normally I, I am, is you know, is claims, is is people saying, you know, this is not very robust, it's not very strong on which to actually treat a problem that seems to be very, very big. The Captagon, I'm not saying Captagon doesn't exist, it exists. It's just that we don't have the right information to be able to, un one, understand it, because if you don't understand, then it's very difficult to deal with it, to treat people, to uh, prevent the use. You need to, to have information about the users and why uh, people use and how they use and how they buy and what are the effects on them and how many of them have health problems or mental problems because of use. It may have been around for decades and been propelled to the fore by the Syrian war, but Captagon in the Middle East seems unlikely to go away anytime soon. Cheap to produce, smugglers have found it too easy to get across the remote and porous borders from Syria into Jordan and then on to Saudi Arabia and the Gulf. Governments in the Levant have struggled for years to clamp down on lawlessness, smuggling and illicit trades. Without millions of dollars in training, equipment and a major undertaking to share intelligence, it's unlikely that they will be able to clamp down effectively on the production and smuggling of Captagon. In the meantime, militias and militants will continue to use it to fuel instability and criminal networks will flourish. Thanks this week to Laurent Laniel, to Dr Thomas Peachman, to Abdul Malik Al Abed and Abdul Hakim Khalid bin Dasmal. Thanks also to the Nationals Belkis Basalam and to Mahmoud Reader. 
as well as all of those journalists who worked on the Capticon series. Don't forget to subscribe to Beyond the Headlines to hear all the latest episodes. And to read the full investigation on Captagon in the Middle East, visit thenationalnews.com. This episode was scripted by Arthur Scott Geddes and produced by Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. <laughs>